Our great example and instructor in prayer is the Lord Jesus Christ. In God's Word, we find everything we need to develop a life of prayer. Join Scott Pauley today as we study the Bible together. Lord, teach us to pray. That was the, the prayer of the early disciples, and I think a good prayer for all of us to pray. Well, Jesus answered that request. He instructed His disciples in prayer, and He illustrated what real prayer looks like. As a matter of fact, no one really is the example in prayer that they ought to be. The only perfect example of anything, including prayer, is the Lord Jesus Christ. We've come in our study on this subject of prayer to the great high priestly prayer of Jesus Christ in John 17. Uh, you know, for many years, people referred to the model prayer as the Lord's Prayer. But it is not the Lord's prayer. He never needed to pray that his uh, sins would be forgiven or his trespasses forgiven because he had none. But John 17 is truly the Lord's prayer. It's only 26 verses long, and it's one of the most tender portions of Scripture you'll ever read. As a matter of fact, it is one of a few Scriptures uh, that mean a great deal to me personally. And when I get discouraged, when I get low... John 17 is one of the passages that I love to read. I love to read it in a quiet place. I love to read it out loud. And occasionally, I even love to read it on my knees. Because it does a couple things for me. Number one, it reminds me that Jesus is praying for me. I'll show you that in just a moment. And number two, it reminds me that the answer in the hardest hours of life is to enter into the presence of God and pray yourself. John 17 is prayed somewhere between the upper room and the Garden of Gethsemane. It is prayed, perhaps, uh, as he crosses the Kedron Valley. It is prayed, uh, perhaps, as he is in a quiet place with his disciples. But it is prayed on the hardest night of Christ's life. Now think of this. He knows where he's going. As a matter of fact, in the very next chapter, he's going uh, to be in a garden praying and saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. This is a very difficult hour for him. It's not only a difficult hour for him, it's a difficult hour for his disciples. As a matter of fact, if you look at the end of the previous chapter, John chapter 16, verse 33, the last words Jesus says to them before he begins to pray are these words, In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And then immediately we go into this beautiful prayer chapter in John 17, you see, the Lord Jesus understood the disciples were about to go into a real valley. That's why He begins to pray for them. I love the thought that this beautiful, powerful prayer is set in the context of a wicked world, in an age of tribulation and difficulty. And might I remind you today, dear listener, that whoever you are, whatever it is you're, you're battling against today, the answer is found in the presence of God. Bring it to the Lord. And so we begin, John 17, verse 1, These words spake Jesus, and lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. And then he goes on in this prayer to begin to pray for his disciples. Now I think this is a, a tremendous point, and it is this. 
Here is the Lord Jesus on the most difficult night of His life, but He is not here praying first for Himself. First, He's praying that God will be glorified and others will be strengthened. You know, it may be today that in the midst of your tribulation, your valley, your Gethsemane, one of the greatest things you could do is get your eyes off of yourself, off of your problems and your circumstances, off of the Judas that is now making his way to, to betray or to sell you, off of the Simon Peter that is going to deny you, and on to the glory of God and on to the needs of those that you love that are around you. I think that's one of the great applications of John 17. You see, John 17 is not only the Lord Jesus praying for His disciples and praying for us. John 17 is a pattern for how we can pray for other people. As a matter of fact, if I could draw your attention to John 17 verse 9, Jesus says, I pray for them. I love those words. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which Thou hast given me, for they are Thine. Who is Jesus praying for? He's praying for His own disciples. He's praying for those who've entered into a relationship and have fellowship with Him. Now, who is that? Someone says, well, that's Peter, that's James, that's John. Certainly it is. But if you come down to verse number 20, oh, this is one of the grandest verses in the whole of Scripture. He says, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. I have written in the margin of my Bible the word me right next to John 17 verse 20. Don't you love to find yourself in Scripture to know God is thinking of you and that Christ was praying for you? Now, He prayed for you on the cross when He prayed, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But He prayed for you before He ever went to the cross. In John 17 verse 20, how do you think you came to know the Lord Jesus and believe on Christ? It was through the word of those early disciples. They told someone who told someone who told someone who finally told you and who told me. Praise God for that. Which means in John 17 verse 20, the Lord Jesus is praying for all of us. I'm coming to this subject in John 17 of how to pray for your family. Now we're going to talk about this in detail. We're going to walk through the entire chapter. But how do I come to that subject in John 17? Well, I believe John 17 is a family chapter. You see, you have the son talking to his father. And what is he talking to the father about? The other members of the family. And so, what is he doing? He's bringing us before the father. You have family members that you love, people that you care a great deal about. Well, may I suggest to you today the greatest thing you can do for those you love, the greatest thing you can do for your family is to pray for them, to hold them up before God. Uh, look, in the upper room... In the Garden of Gethsemane, the Lord Jesus demonstrated for us His own prayer closet, His own private prayer time. When you come to God through the Lord Jesus Christ on behalf of others, really what you're doing is entering into the same work Jesus is already doing. I had a Bible teacher years ago who used to, to love saying this expression. He said, it's a prayer meeting that is already in progress. Don't you love that? Right now, around the throne of God, the Lord Jesus is praying for me. Hebrews 7.25, He ever liveth, making intercession for you and I. And we're taught in the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul teaches that the Holy Spirit is praying for us. And so, if you today will take Jesus' prayer list and pray this for those you love, pray this for your family members, then I want you to know you're entering in 
to the actual prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, only Jesus prayed with a pure heart, and only Jesus prayed always in the perfect will of God. And if you'll take Jesus' prayer and make it your own prayer, you can be very sure you're praying in the will of God. When you pray the Word of God, you're praying the will of God. And so I want to challenge you to read John 17 on your knees. I'll do more than read it. Pray it. Pray your way through it verse by verse. Make this prayer your own. Adapt it to your own prayer time and apply it to your family. Pray for those you love and watch God answer that prayer. Thank you for joining us for today's study. We deeply appreciate your prayers for this work and hope that you'll visit our website, scottpauley.org, where you'll have an opportunity to invest in the gospel. Would you consider giving a gift to help us extend God's word to others? You'll also find many other encouraging resources. Our prayer for you is that with Christ, you will enjoy the journey.